I had my half joke right here, but it disappeared. (laughs) 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 Okay, that terrible joke means it's another episode of Screen Fix, the show where we will fix a recent film. I am host JC. With me, as always, is the co-host that carries the show, Lady Wan. Lady Wan, say hi to everybody. Hello. And with us, returning guest... Champion. Of... Quarantine. Well, well. Eating well. spaghettios. What what champion are you? I'm not. It's, I'm not ready to say. I just think it's. <laughs> I think it's funny that I had been asked to join this oh show previously, and then I was notified that actually we have somebody else we're going to go with instead. That did happen. And I, I don't know. It was a little upsetting. It was. <laughs> I was a little upset by it, and then. Of course, this this other person who, who will not be named, James, who couldn't end up making it. <laughs> oh man! And then they come crawling back like they always mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. This is my revenge for all the women <laughs> who rejected me in high school and college. Wait, no, how does that work? Because I came back anyway. Son of a bitch! <laughs> all right, it sounds like you're working through some things there, Chris. Chris from the first run. Hello. A podcast yeah. where they talk about, why don't you tell everyone? <laughs> uh, well, we examine um, foreign trade between the United States and the Asian countries, uh, focusing specifically, though, on the period of 1936 to 1948, <laughs> um, which, as you know, during that time was World War II, so it makes things a little difficult. And then on sometimes we'll talk about movies. Uh, we'll do <laughs> some Stuff that's usually in the theaters, though now that we're all in quarantine and lockdown, that's not really an option. So we've shifted mostly to just streaming stuff because people need their tent and we sling that tent mm-hmm. like nobody. Yeah. So it's me and my buddy, thefirstrun.com. You can find us on all your podcasting platforms. We'll do two movies. We'll tell you what's coming up on physical media. And we have a fun little game, different every week. Uh, do top fives like all the other people do. And uh, yeah, that's it. It's it's relatively entertaining. I enjoy it. It's a good listen. A true cinephile has physical media. There you go. Exactly. So he's the real deal. He wants to mm-hmm. get physical. <laughs> I'm a married man. Face yourself. With his lucky lady. So today, I have assembled this crack crew (laughs) (laughs) to uh, fix a film that is out right now. A film that is a corrective action Hmm. as far as the universal monster universe goes. We all know the dark universe failed right out of the gate. And they decided to pass Invisible Man on to Blumhouse. Today... We are going to be fixing The Invisible Man. Trailer. Trailer. As the attorney representing Adrian's trust, I'm required to read a prepared statement. Cecilia, although our relationship was far from perfect, I thought that you would talk to me rather than run away. Are you okay? What happened to him? He cut his wrist. Per his final wishes, you're getting $5 million. Contingent, of course, on the fine print. He can't be ruled to be mentally incompetent. It just doesn't make any sense. What? Adrian wouldn't kill himself. Listen, you're getting your freedom back, okay? Don't let him haunt you. Hello? I'm scared. You don't have to be scared of him anymore. He was a sociopath. 
completely in control of everything. He said that wherever I went, he would find me, walk right up to me, and I wouldn't be able to see him. Are you okay? Someone sitting in that chair. I found something that can prove what I'm experiencing. You need help. Adrian is dead. I went to his house today. He's not dead. I have a pile of ashes in the box that would disagree with you. He has figured out a way to be invisible. Only thing more brilliant than inventing something that makes you invisible is coming up with the perfect way to torture you, even in death. Adrian's true genius was how he got in people's heads. Don't come any closer. Hey! I'm not crazy. Please listen to me. You're saying the person trying to kill you is in the room right now, but we can't see him? He's listening. Where are you? Where are you? Show yourself! you are uh invisible man of course is the sci-fi novel by hg wells hg wells the prolific sci-fi writer also wrote the time machine and the island of dr moreau also made into films of course this is pretty much a course correction for uh universal's failed dark universe after the tom cruise mummy film I guess they realized that they needed to make uh, smaller, more character-driven films instead of Tom Cruise blockbusters with early 1900s classic monsters. And I think it was a good decision, uh, considering that this movie uh, made Boku dollars. And we'll get to that with Lady Wan later. Yeah. So this movie was directed by Lee Wanell. Lee Wanell wrote Saw and Insidious. Uh, him and James Wan are film school buddies. So then his directorial debut was Insidious Chapter 3. And I, I want to interject too. He also did Dead Silence as part of that partnership. And I think that it's Creepy Puppets is right up there with Creepy Kids with me. So uh, I always like Ooh. to make sure, you know, Dead Silence, I think, is rock solid. Wow. Rock solid and left a rock solid in your underpants because that kind of stuff scares you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what am I doing here? Poopy. <laughs> All right. So did he also directed uh, Upgrade. Great film. Yes. And you can actually see shades of Upgrade in this Invisible Man movie, especially the the hallway hospital scene. Uh, what Lee Wanell likes to use is the pre-programmed camera mm -hmm. that can follow actors as they're moving around. Mm. So you can totally see uh, Upgrade right there. And uh, this movie was starring Elizabeth Moss as somebody. Cecilia, okay. just say who's in the movie. Fine, I'm sorry. All right, here we go. Do you always say uh, movie like that? Because that's awesome if you do. Movie. <laughs> movie. Am I saying Yeah, that? yeah. Yes, apparently I do, because I didn't know I was saying you it You say weird. it like Simple Jack. In my head movie, <laughs> this head movie ah, shit. makes my eyes rain. <laughs> okay, it also stars Oliver Jackson Cohen as Adrian Griffin, Aldous Hodge. And his arms. And his mm -hmm. massive arms. And mm. he, oh my Those God. Shoulders. He's uh, best known for being on the TNT series Leverage. Uh, he was MC Wren in Straight Outta Compton, and he was also in Hidden Figures. But he's he's not hiding his figure in this one, is he? Mm -mm. Oh, no. my God, those arms. <laughs> <laughs> Tasty <laughs> cakes. Ugh. 
I don't know what I mean. He shops at Baby Gap, but still, it works. It really, really. I would let I would let that baby suckle. Wow. I, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to everyone. I'm sorry to my parents. I'm sorry. But I can't picture it in my mind. Yet I'm still disturbed at the same time. I don't. I disturb myself. So anyway, it also stars Storm Reed as Sydney Lanier. That's a James's daughter. She's probably best known for being in A Wrinkle in Time, which was awful. We have uh, an episode. Check the catalog. We do Wrinkle in Time. We iron it out. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, also stars Harriet Dyer as Emily Cass, the sister. And then uh, Michael Dorman as Tom Griffin, Adrian Griffin's brother, who I think looks like... Jay Underwood. Do you know who Jay Underwood is, Chris, from no. First no, Run? I, I think you're making that name up. No, he's in those like Disney live-action movies from the 80s, like the, the the Boy Who Could Fly and Not Quite Human. I'm looking him up. He right was now. also Bug in Uncle Buck, the shitty boyfriend. He's got Michael Shannon vibes. So, he did kind of have Michael Shannon vibes. He has well. a large square head, and he made me afraid. I look him more as like Stellan Skarsgård's less attractive cousin. Okay. Oh, not Stellan, Alexander Skarsgård, the really good-looking one. We're basically naming all the people we thought would be implicated with with Me Too, but weren't. Like, they just look creepy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. All right, so anyway, those they're all in this movie, but originally this movie, when it was still going to be part of that dark universe, uh, Johnny Depp was supposed to be in this movie, <laughs> where he was playing the Invisible Man. So he would barely be in it. And written by David Goyer, which is just like a kiss of death for me is he responsible for the other films in the dark universe i don't know i think he may have been a guiding force but he did not write uh that tom cruise helmed film no he did not so that's a little about that uh luckily this went to blumhouse <laughs> how do you feel about the whole blumhouse thing how they take any property almost whether it's a board game or a kids game or a large property and just turn them into smaller budget films that make profit what what's your feelings on blumhouse in general as a production company chris i think they're fine i think they churn out some typically really good horror films it is like you said reasonable budgets that tend to turn profits now horror is the cheapest film you can make because you don't need stars typically right so you can just throw a bunch of kids in there and then terrorize them and then boom you know you got like a 60 70 percent 200 percent profit whatever it is but what i'm looking for is entertaining film something with some a good story good characters with some good scares and i'm good blumhouse has had some stinkers all right let's let's not shy away from it they certainly have but i think handing off from universal this whole dark universe to Bloomhouse. I think it's a good idea. I think it's fine. I'm kind of sad for what could have been with the Dark Universe if it was done well. Unfortunately, it wasn't. I think it's fine. Out of all of those Universal monsters, the Mummy and the Invisible Man are my two favorites. Unfortunately, the Mummy was a big swing and a miss. Yeah. Coincidentally, both films where the character is wrapped in gauze. That's true. Do you have a gauze thing? It's more of a it's more of a cotton ball thing that I don't want to get into. But <laughs> cotton balls and gauze is that yeah, the key sure. to a successful marriage? What? It, yeah. Well, what it is, I just want to disappear. I think is basically what it's all about. Whether it's behind bandages <laughs> or just entirely, I'll have to talk about this with my therapist. 
but yes. <laughs> uh, just bringing it up. All right, so Lady One, you tech, you are not a big horror movie fan, but I feel like you've been diving into it more and more. I've been trying to grow, kind of as overcoming a these these fears. Yeah. Do you have a take on the whole Blumhouse thing? Whenever their trailers come on before a movie, when I see like the logo for the studio, I get scared. <laughs> so um, they're doing a good job. All right, go Blumhouse. <laughs> So have you seen any of the classics, Ms. Wan, like The Thing, Shining, Exorcist, Evil Dead? I don't think I've sat through The Shining from start to finish, but the rest of those, yes. Okay. I have done a lot of work in the past couple of months. You're still, all right, you're still cool in my book. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) So this movie, just what was your initial thought of it? Why don't you go ahead and tell us about, and if you want, you can tell us about your experience seeing it uh, when you went into theater. What was the theater like? And what was your feelings towards this movie? Uh, Go ahead, Lady One. I didn't originally want to see this movie because I don't like jump scares. They make me feel embarrassed. I don't like when other people can tell that I'm afraid. So I was not excited to see it. And then after the first weekend it came out, it was getting such good reviews. And I just kept seeing people say that they saw it. And it was amazing. It was so much better than they thought it was going to be. And uh, I'm on a movie podcast. So I went and I saw it and I loved it. Nice. It was fun. Chris, from the first run? Yeah, no, I think it's fantastic. I love what it does with the concept and updating it. So in the original film, he takes like this chemical, right? Yeah. And it drives him mad. The stranger with the goggles, he's going mad. Because he yeah. actually injects it in himself. And this yeah. one is a different, obviously a different take. But I think what Wanell is able to do with this film and the messages he's saying and how he's able to present all of this information just in the opening 10 minutes, right? With uh, his... Mm-hmm. with. Moss's relationship with her husband without actually ever showing any abuse, but you get the whole picture really right there. Yeah, it's so scary. Exactly. And then the use of the effects in this thing, I think are exceptionally well done. I mean, just training your camera still in a corner of a room for a good five Mississippi is terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. It's just really smart and really well done. I was really impressed with this. Yeah, I was I was reading like uh, some stuff on that, and he said that in those shots where it's panning away to seemingly nothing, that mm-hmm. they they know where he is in that in those shots, whether or not he's actually moving in them or whether he makes anything move, he's there. Ugh, that's so scary. Yeah, and also he said that um, in the movie he frames. Elizabeth Moss's character Cecilia uh, often what do you want to say she's she's not center framed because he's also in the shot yeah so yeah it's very unsettling the way that he shot it as well I think it's really brilliant when I finished watching it I was like okay all right cool and then but the more that I think about this movie the more that I really like mm. it I sometimes want to know in the film how that suit didn't make a shit ton of noise with those little things going <laughs> moving around right. constantly. It does what it needs to for the plot. Yeah. But yes. Right, yes. Uh, also, I wonder if it gets hot in that thing. Like, is that powered by batteries or like, does he have to charge it? That would be really funny if there was a scene with a random charger going to nothing <laughs> and it was just him sitting in a chair charging. Right. <laughs> Like it's little battery is low. It basically has like the battery life of like an iPhone that's like a couple generations past. How do you run the invisible man suit on low battery mode? Are you like, <laughs> like kind of invisible? You have to stick to dark places. Dark yeah. places. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I live on low battery mode, so I don't know. 
Okay, we're good. That was all my little <laughs> stupid things to say. Okay. <clears throat> Honey, they're not stupid. It wasn't little. Thank you for supporting me, and you obviously sensed that I was needing some <laughs> support, and I appreciate you <laughs> providing that support. I think you're really in tune to me, and I just want to let you know that I see you, and I love like you see me. Oh, oh okay. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm falling in love on the show. All right. Uh, uh, <coughs> Transition. All right, so <laughs> okay. So we really liked it, but did audiences really like it? Did they throw their money down on it? Lady Juan, I think it's time for the Fresh Hot Stats. So this movie opened to just 28 million in the U.S., hmm. but in a couple of weeks, before all of the movie theaters and all of regular life shut down. Coronavirus! It made $122 million worldwide. And the budget was only 7 million bucks. Wowzes. So that's, wow. that's pretty fucking good. <laughs> return on investment. It's seven bills. Yeah. That's why Blumhouse can just churn out movies. Their model is great. And this movie, a bona fide hit probably. What do you guys, what do you guys For think? For sure. Oh, for sure. I know they've announced, right, they're doing The Invisible Woman. Hopefully not like the 1940 uh, Invisible Woman where a scientist makes a department store model uh, invisible and she goes and uh, wreaks havoc on her. I'm the Invisible Woman. Could be. Couldn't tell. All right. But I, I think it's there's going to be that, and I'm wondering if there, I'm sure they'll be maybe do a sequel to this one. Do you think there's enough meat here to make a sequel? Invisible Woman. Well, yeah. Well, now she's. Uh... From what I understand, that's not connected to this. Really? Uh-uh. That's very strange. Like maybe the suit carries over, but like Elizabeth Moss's story, I think, is not part of that. This movie is made by Elizabeth Moss. I would not want to yeah. see another film that did not have Elizabeth Moss in it. Uh, Lady Wan, so it made cash, yep. but how about the tomato? It's certified fresh. Ooh. 91% from 91 critics. 91% yeah. by critics. And the audience score is 88%. All right, that's pretty much in line. I feel like everybody yeah. that sees this movie pretty much has a favorable opinion of it. Yeah. Okay. Before we just start fixing the movie, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna read a really quick plot summary here, just so we can be nice and refreshed for when we start fixing. For our plot summaries, we go to the quick and dirty. We go to Movie Pooper, MoviePooper.com, where they wipe away the excess. Here's your one pinch summary. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm shaking my head disapprovingly at you right now. (laughs) All right. Cecilia Cass escapes from her abusive boyfriend, optics pioneer Adrian Griffin. By the way, side note, the character in the original novel is named Griffin. And usually the Invisible Man characters in all of these films are named Griffin. So this is Adrian Griffin, the original man from 1933, I think is Jack Griffin. And then there's another one where the guy's name is Robert Griffin. So Griffin is used over and over in these movies. Robert Griffin the third, Perhaps. All right, here we go. Optics pioneer Adrian Griffin. <laughs> With the help know. of her sister Emily and... Was that RG3? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think RG3. Don't bring sports into here. This is I a sports-free zone. Nothing is a sports-free zone if I'm there. 
That's also true. All right. With the help of her sister Emily and childhood friend James Lanier, Cecilia is terrified to go outside, thinking Adrian will find her. But she receives news that Adrian has committed suicide and left her a $5 million fortune on the condition that she proves herself to be mentally competent. Cecilia is soon terrorized by an invisible force, which she believes to be Adrian, still alive and having found a way to become invisible. This causes a strain between her and Emily and James, since Adrian wrote a horrible email to Emily and struck James's daughter Sydney, making them believe it was all Cecilia. Her theory is proven correct when she goes to his house and finds a machine and suit he developed to turn people invisible. When she tries to prove it to Emily, the invisible man kills her in public and makes it look like Cecilia did it. Cecilia is locked up in a psych ward and finds out she's pregnant with Adrian's child. After managing to expose him and escape, he kills several guards before threatening to go kill Sydney. James gets beaten by the invisible man to protect Sydney, but Cecilia comes in in the nick of time and sprays him with a fire extinguisher before before shooting him dead. She unmasks him to find Adrian's brother Tom was wearing the <gasps> suit. With police finding Adrian alive and seemingly kidnapped by Tom. <laughs> that's timing. <laughs> Cecilia knows this was his plan all along. Cecilia goes to Adrian's house under the guise that she can get him to incriminate himself. With James listening through a wire, she instead uses a suit she stole from him to become invisible and slash his throat, making it look like a suicide for the security camera. Cecilia leaves the house, now free from terror. Well, and also, she also makes sure that James is down with it on her way out because James was listening through the wire. That's it. That's the Invisible Man. Mm -hmm. Now she is the terror. She's more than willing to commit murder. We saw it. Mm -hmm. She's the one who knocks. Does she commit more murder? Does she go on a reign of terror? Will there be more movies featuring her? <laughs> it's, it's interesting how in all of these uh, Invisible Man movies, it's a grouchy egotist, and this movie falls right in line with that. But I wonder if the Invisible Woman would be different than that. I wonder if she would use it for good. Instead of like in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the Invisible Man is, they find him in a convent having sex with nuns that they think is the spirit filling them up. Good times. The Invisible Man is a gross pig, right? Oh, for sure. The Invisible Woman, what's that like? What's the Invisible Woman like? We might find out. All right, before we start facing a movie, we got to give people their due. A lot of people work on a movie. And what is one thing you really liked about the Invisible Man? Lady one. We sort of covered this a little bit earlier, but I really love the way the movie was shot, like the camera movements, mm -hmm. kind of sometimes like replicating the movements of like a security camera. And then there was also actual security camera footage. I just thought it was really interesting visually. It's jarring, makes you feel really uneasy, but doesn't do like cheap jump scares. Um, I really enjoyed that as somebody who fucking hates cheap jump scares. This was really cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Like, my favorite scare in it was jumpish, but not a crappy jump scare. It was when she threw the, the, the paint can down the, the attic yeah. mm -hmm. door, and it just splashed on his face. That was frightening. Crazy frightening. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, what's one thing you really liked about The Invisible Man? I think I mentioned earlier, too, and that's the opening. How Winnell is able to deliver, without any dialogue, set up exactly, basically, what this movie is about and what's going to happen. You get the fact that she's been abused and that she's trapped in this beautiful home, right, overlooking this gorgeous mm -hmm. view. You get the fact, though, too, that even then, he is a monster, regardless of the introduction of the suit. Yeah. And it also illustrates that she is a fighter and she will 
fight back and do whatever she has to do to survive. It's all there in the opening of that film, and it is just so exceptionally well done. So much information is relayed to you without an ounce of dialogue. And it's also exceptionally tense. There's a chase. I mean, all this stuff happens. Great scares. And there's no even invisible man. Well, even then, he's still invisible at that point, you know, throughout the woods. I don't want to give too much away. So, but it's just, it's an encapsulation almost on the entire film and how great it is. And just the opening. Yeah, that's awesome. I uh, I also appreciated uh, the extra steps they took towards making the fight scenes with the Invisible Man uh, believable. They actually put yeah. someone in a green screen suit. And so for that kitchen scene, she's really being thrown around by a person. Hats off to, to Lee wan and just the, the level of care that they put into the movie. All right, so with those niceties aside, what do you say we fix this movie? Okay. Yeah. Are you invisible there, Chris? Are you... <laughs> You want to fix this? I'm struggling to figure out what to fix. <laughs> I know. It's it is so, so well good. done. Let's not say fix. What do you say we adjust this movie? Ooh, like a chiropractor? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, from the first run, why don't you give us your first fix? Okay. Obviously, the first thing you want to fix is you need to have a hotter lead actress. I'm not sure if you oh saw any of the goings God. on when the film came out on the Twitter sphere. There were a few people complaining that Elizabeth Moss wasn't attractive That's enough ridiculous. to lead the film, which is just a preposterous statement. And I just wanted to make a quick little point about that. Absolutely freaking preposterous. So my actual maybe legit adjustment is outside of more smaller, tighter shirts for all this Hodges would be... <laughs> Maybe more of a connection into the dark universe. Oh. And I'm not talking like some Batman versus Superman thing where, you know, she's looking some research stuff and she sees a file folder that he has. One of a Frankenstein's monster, one of Dracula, you know, like in that oh my horrible God. scene yeah. that allows Lex Luthor to name all of these heroes. Where somebody actually went through the effort to make logos for all of these. Yes. <laughs> they had a graphic designer make logos for each one of the Justice League heroes. Yeah, just a small nod when she's doing, they're doing some investigative work on this stuff. Okay. Maybe it's just something in the background or on a computer screen, you know, of something that's just a nod to the extended universe that I still, part of me kind of still wants to see if I'm going to be entirely honest. Like a newspaper mm-hmm. article that has the name of like Dr. Jekyll or something. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, something about, you know, the, what the finding of a, you know, some fuzzy Loch Nessy images of the creature from the Black Lagoon something you know just mm-hmm. little stuff like that i guess i like that cool. i like an easter egg lady one yeah you're up why don't you give us your first lady one fix so i really enjoyed the decision in this movie to obviously not have people immediately believe cecilia right that He's invisible. (laughs) I really loved that. Instead of it just being that he's terrorizing her and no one believes her, he's like, the whole point is that no one will believe you. I dug that. I thought that was really cool and super scary. But at one point, she's trying to explain this to, I think, her sister at one point and says, this is what he does. He, Uh He makes it look like it's my fault. And she just, she seemed so used to this. Like, that wasn't a surprise that he was manipulating the situation. And I just, I don't understand what he could possibly have been doing as a visible person to, that this wasn't a surprise to her. 
So I really, I just kind of needed a little bit more to understand what he was capable of. I do agree with Chris that the the opening scene is absolutely perfect. Like we don't need to change anything. We don't need to see him touch her. We don't need Mm. to see him be menacing. Like it's so perfect the way it is. But at some point, you know, can't she tell a story about like a dinner party where, you know, he makes fun of a comment that she's saying and, and everything turns against her, like puts blame on her for ruining something that that he ruined. Like, I don't understand how he was manipulative and twisting things against her as a visible person. So I just needed a little bit more to understand why this wasn't a surprise to her at all. She was so unfazed by the concept that he was invisible yeah. and stalking her. I have an, an, an idea. Maybe maybe he wanted her to be home all the time. So he convinced her old job that she was uh, incompetent and got her fired. You just like something really messed up like yeah. that. Just totally screwing with her life yeah. for his benefit. That's actually a really perfect idea because... She can use that in her job interview scene. Why did you leave your last job? Well, actually, and then she can tell that. And then we can actually see a moment of her being stronger than him and putting the blame on him for ruining something in her life. And then immediately he takes the power back from her when she's been drugged and she faints in there. JC, what's your first fix for The Invisible Man? Yes, The Invisible Man is always a grumpy, egotistical grouch man, but... (laughs) He just woke up (laughs) on the wrong side of the bed. He's having a rough day. He's super psycho in every incarnation. Mm -hmm, But in a bad way. (laughs) Nobody... He's he's just kind of like a social... What do you call that? People that... uh, uh, Chris's. Oh. Is that what we're doing? (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Okay. No, it's just, you know, somebody who is, uh, you know, socially distant. Well, yeah, it's actually, (laughs) I don't like people, I think is the problem. (laughs) So this particular Adrian Griffin goes to extra lengths to leave money to Cecilia, go through this whole process of having to make her crazy so that she loses the money and so he works for this tech company dealing in optics and what it is is he's been providing phony results phony positive results of his other experiments and projects to keep getting investment money for his company so he's essentially stealing money from investors uh giving them reports on things that Uh he is supposed to be doing that are falsified and just working on this invisibility suit. So I have it to where when she leaves that night, it plays out the same way, except under her arm is a briefcase. And she actually goes the extra step of outing his false results of his projects and it actually loses him the investment money to his company and causes his stocks to crash so that's what makes him giving the money to her and taking it away more Mm -hmm. relevant you think i'm dead but i'm gonna do to you what you did to me which is like took all this money from me yeah so that's a small fix for me how much do you hate it chris from the first run oh that's just it's wonderful it's possibly the greatest fix to any film i've ever heard congratulations up where we no really it's it's beauty it's like a painting verbally a verbal painting of something pretty (laughs) if you suddenly had five five million dollars what's the first thing that uh, you would do lady one what like right now because right now i just want to get out of my fucking house stupid corona Corona (laughs) coronavirus 
<laughs> so you would buy like like a bubble suit? Uh, I don't know. I need more than a bubble suit. I'd need like an intricate hamster like tube situation and get all of my favorite places sanitized and mm. uh, yeah, like make some tunnels to those places. you could just arrive places. there in giant hamster tubes? Yeah, that'd be super awesome. <laughs> Chris, from, from first run, <laughs> you, you suddenly had $5 million. What, what would you do? Well, I mean, realistically, I, what I'd do with somebody's, thankfully for you guys, doing in, uh, I think it's I always wanted to open up my own independent movie theater slash kind of art gallery. That's our dream, fool. Well, let's, we can team up. We'll do it. <laughs> there is one that is opening on It is called Greenlight mm-hmm. Cinema. So the first one is opening Greenlight Cinema. Yep. Check it out. Uh, if I had $5 million... Uh, I'd probably uh, terrorize exes. Do you need five million for that? <laughs> yeah, can't you just oh, like God. text them and just say hi? I think that'd be sufficient, <laughs> right? <laughs> Chris from the first run, what is your second fix? I would inject a little more terror and horror into the film, I think, by having some kind of crazy weird malfunction. I'm not sure how it happens, but the suit basically grafts to his skin and he can't Ew. remove it. Ew. And it drives him Ew. mad. Like it gets hot Ew. burning and... and ugh. And he becomes Ew. just Ew. this psychotic Ew. true monster. I like him getting like Gross. singed and burned into his suit. You want to be invisible? You're invisible for life. Exactly. Trapped in his own creation. Ew. Yeah. Good stuff. This is why we invite you here. Not the abuse. <laughs> to and from. Sometimes we need a little, you know, like you're the Griffin to our Cecilia. Daddy likes a little spanking every now and then, I'm sure, right? <laughs> More than you know. Lady Wan, what is your second fix for the Invisible Man? So, Cecilia's sister is the worst, (laughs) right? Like, she's so terrible. She starts off by being bad at rescuing her sister from what is obviously an abusive situation. Nobody is casually like, pick me up in the dark at 3 a.m. You know it's serious business. Mm -hmm. So, that's her start. Then she doesn't accept any sort of explanation from Cecilia that like I didn't send that email. I I didn't mean to cut you out of my life. Like even if you think your sister's crazy and you think that she's made up this concept of an invisible man, you already know she's been through some serious trauma in an abusive relationship. You were there when she told you that. So at the very least, write it off as like she took some Ambien and doesn't remember sending the email. Like, why would you take that seriously as she's crying at your door telling you she didn't do that? And then it gets unforgivable because she is so rude to that server. Yeah, she was mean to the to the server. When they go to dinner, she's like, yeah, we'll have the free water. Thanks. No, we're still. No, we need a minute. Thanks. She's wow. so rude. <laughs> I know. And that guy didn't even get his face in the movie and he's delivering lines and we don't even see him. Poor I think his name was Travis. To Travis. She was she was so rude. Oh my god. She's been terrible every time we see her. And then she's unbelievably terrible in that scene. And honestly, there's kind of a second where I'm like, I'm glad she got her throat cut. She was so rude. Oh yeah. It's ruining this horrible moment. 
where Cecilia is framed for the murder of her sister because her sister was just being a dick. <laughs> like, if she was this supporting person in her life and, like, her one hope and, like, somebody who would listen to her and, like, oh, that's the moment that where she's a, taken from her. That would have oh, been a travesty. It would be devastating. And instead, she was just like, yeah, no, we're good, Travis. What? Why? Um, It's Taylor. Oh, sorry. Thank you. His, like, arm <laughs> tattoos made him look like a Travis. That's fair. Because that's the only part of him I remember. Like, why make her terrible? It would be so much better if she was, like, a hope for Cecilia and supportive and nice and meaning well. Instead, she's just mean to her. No, you're entirely right. It is a plot contrivance for her to reject her sister outright like that so quickly. Yeah. It's crazy. Maybe in the past, she wanted to sleep with Adrian, and that's why she throws shade, because she was sniffing the griffin. Oh, we got another fix <laughs> here. <laughs> JC, it's your second fix. Second and final fix for the Invisible Man. Okay, my second fix is a, a small one, I think, but it has to do with the ending. That's why I had it, have it second, because this is the ending. <laughs> wow. So, <laughs> Cecilia fakes Adrian's suicide after he says, surprise, mm-hmm. or whatever, which is related to the, the phone message. Surprise gets brought up like three times in this in this movie. And so that's kind of the key where she's like, oh, he did do it, you know, but right. But is that a confession enough for her cop friend? Did he see the cell phone that said surprise on it? No. And he wasn't in the psych ward room with her when he says surprise. He wasn't in the psych mm-hmm. ward. Yeah. He saw an invisible man die. Yeah. Adrian's brother. Yeah. So he doesn't know for sure that Adrian is doing any of this. For all he knows, he just heard a murder. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't think he just goes along but with it. But there's cameras. That's the whole point. The way they shoot that whole scene. I think, though, that it's pretty clear that he knows Cecilia did that. Like... The cop Oh, yeah, he totally does. But when it comes to evidence, yes. it's... I'm talking about from James's perspective when that happens. Yeah, like his opinion of Cecilia in that moment. So he knows she's killed him and set it up as a suicide. Oh, yeah. No, it totally changes. You're right. So my fix is to have James stay suspicious of Cecilia since some part of him doubts her story about this being Adrian. So instead, the movie ends where there's a moment when James debates arresting her, but he's still wrestling with how he feels about it. Uh, We see him decide as Cecilia is getting away, and he goes out to where she should be, and she's gone. And he decides, okay, he's going to have to hunt her down. And now we have him for the sequel. You know, he'll be the one who has had experience with her and has been tracking her her whereabouts. You know, tracking these mysterious occurrences involving would-be strange things that he thinks maybe an invisible person could have caused to happen. Well, I want that because I want more of him. Oh, you're so transparent. All right, so what do you say we consider the Invisible Man screen, screen fake. fake? Participate, Chris. All right. <clears throat> do you have a final thought for the Invisible Man? Guest Chris from the first one. It's going to hit the uh, VOD this weekend, I think. Or is it this weekend, this Friday? I'm, it's probably already out, depending on uh, so, when this episode yeah. comes out. It's worth 20 bucks if you haven't seen it in the theater. 
it's a great roller coaster ride. You're going to enjoy it. Uh, uh, Lady One, do you have a final thought for The Invisible Man? I do. So when I first saw this trailer, I thought it gave away the whole movie. I think at some point we both said that to each other, seeing another movie. Like, oh, seeing yes. the whole movie. It was like, uh, don't oh, have cool, to see that. Not at all. Thanks. But I was actually really relieved to see that some of the scenes in the trailer are not in the movie. And some of the like bigger moments of the like third act of the movie are not in the trailer. That's how trailers are supposed to work, people. Like, great job here, everybody. Yeah, that's straight out of the Marvel playbook. I wish there was a mandate that every single movie trailer has to include at least one shot that is not in the movie so that everybody will wonder what the one thing is that's not in there. Mm. All right, good stuff. Uh, why don't you send us home, Lady One? You can reach us here at the show by sending an email to screenfixpod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at screenfixpod, and you can find us on Facebook. Just search for Screenfix Podcast. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Google Play, Libsyn, Stitcher, and of course, Apple Podcasts. And if you're listening to the show and liking it, give us a rating. Give us five stars. Write us a good review. It means so much to me. As I said before, I require constant praise. And if you could join the crowd of people praising me, I would really appreciate Please. it. Please. She will go into a deep depression. I get very annoyed when deep, I don't get compliments. Deep depression. It's unbearable. Uh, we also have a Patreon account where you can donate to the show. We have dreams of opening a one-screen theater in some city because cities are getting taken up all the time. So <laughs> uh, donate to the show. We We broke. So, <laughs> all right, so let's leave everybody with your best impersonation of an invisible man or woman. Yeah, that'll be perfect uh, for an audio podcast. <laughs> you go ahead and go first, Lady One. Did you oh, see that? Oh, holy. <laughs> oh, my God. Look how your gum is just going <laughs> choo, choo, choo. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay, Chris, go ahead. Oh, wow. I haven't been wearing pants this entire time, so you haven't been able to see. Oh, wow. I've only seen my shirt. Wow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Do it, JC. All right, ready? I smell something. I'm still here. I don't think it worked. I'm still here. This is just awkward now. I guess <laughs> I'm not uh, unsmellable. Oh, dear. <laughs> Sorry again, tacos. <clears throat> All right. Thank you, Chris, from the first run. You were available last minute. You are a, ch a, yeah. ch a champion. Don't think that you were like not somebody we wanted <laughs> on. We wanted mm -hmm. you on sure. soon. We did. We sure. wanted you on soon. We'll even have you on again. We enjoy you, Chris. Damn it. I sing your praises. I like your shit. I respond to your stuff. I <laughs> reply. Man, pod boys for life. Do we have to get matching tattoos now? <laughs> All right, we'll do that. Lady Juan, you want to? You want the tattoo? Uh, yeah, yeah. Cool. Excellent. I'm gonna get a tramp stamp. No, I was gonna do that. I was. <laughs> do you need the stamp? All right. Uh, anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally kidding. So <laughs> Sorry, just playing. Chris is the slut. All right, so um, so stay tuned next time. Why don't you all tell us a movie that you want to do, either something VOD or something classic. We're going to take requests this time during this quarantine 
time period we're living in. Shit has gotten serious. Let us know. You know where to find us. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. drink today what's wrong with me maybe that's a, yeah oh boy <laughs> sober that's our problem we sober jc oh my gosh this yeah. episode's gonna suck yeah, yeah you gotta lube up the gears first <laughs> just go take a shot real quick i'm here you're fine oh <laughs> all right <laughs> i think i found my uh replacement when the uh when the covid comes for me coronavirus <laughs> <laughs> just get it real <laughs>